The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. It's the Cigar Authority After Show, and it's brought to you by Roma Craft Tobacco. Since 2010, Mike Rosales and Skip Martin have focused on the simple and time-honored task of combining quality tobacco, experienced craftsmen, and the right amount of time to bring you cigars worthy of the legacy of the centuries of premium cigar craftsmen that came before them. Whether you are revisiting the anti-prohibition era mindset of intemperance or getting in touch with your more primal side with a Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal, you are sure to find a blend in the Romacraft house of brands that fits the exact balance of flavor, strength, and body you are looking for in that moment. When you're finally able to take a short break from the world to relax and enjoy a cigar, the last thing you need is a complicated sales pitch. Simple, yet substantial. Tobacco, talent, time. Romacraft tobacco. The after show, the after show, the, the after, after show. show. It's the after show, everybody. Welcome to the after show on a rainy afternoon here in New Hampshire. Um, we are three months away from the PCA, Premium Cigar Association trade show, but it is time for retailers to start thinking we're going to bring new cigars into the store because customers are always asking what's new. You want to change your, your stuff up every once in a while, change your menu, right, so they can see new things. And uh, when you're doing that, you actually have to get rid of cigars in advance of it. And we start that project on our March Madness sale that just happened. And we did a good job at it, but we know we need to do more. And Santa Maria did a great job of buying this year. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of junk to yeah. dump. So, uh, but we need to get rid of some more stuff so we can add more stuff. And someone asked me, um, as a cigar shop owner, which is the right cigars to bring into your shop? <coughs> which cigars do you bring in? And more importantly, which ones do you don't bring in? And we're not there at the trade show to know what it is, but there's lots of things you look at, uh, not to make mistakes, lots of mistakes. You can't bat a 1,000, I understand, but we can't be baseball players here and bat 250, 300, uh, because we'll go bankrupt. So we have to make good moves for our business. So what percentage is the Mendoza line for cigar shops? Mendoza. the The Mendoza line is, there was a baseball player who... Didn't hit two hundred, and they called it the Mendoza line. Ah, so what's what's the bottom line uh, on percentage that you could bat that you have a chance of succeeding? You got to do at least eight hundred. Yeah, you got to be between eighty and ninety percent accurate. Yeah, nobody's going to do a thousand. Mistakes happen and stuff. And I'd say we're in the ninety-five percent. Well, not only at this point, not only mistakes happen, but also blends change, crops change. Rollers change, factories change, yeah. people get bought out. There's there's other factors that come into play that would be a reason for discontinuing a product. And somebody that's a new cigar um, shop owner, or I'm going to open a cigar shop, that's when you see the most horrible things happen because a sales rep will come in and sell the guy everything. And I've heard the cigars rep talking to each other or even having a discussion with me and say, oh, new store opened at such and such. Oh, my God, I got everything in. Oh, my God, you can like the guy as much as you want, but nobody had no manufacturer is batting a 1,000 either. There's, there's winners and losers yeah. within that group. You actually did that shop owner a disservice. Oh, my God. You, there's a good shot he's not going to make it if he, if he went yeah. all in <laughs> with you. So um, I was told a long time ago, there's two kinds of cigars, those that sell and those that don't sell. Totally wrong advice because cigars don't sell. People sell, right? Mm-hmm. Cigars smoke. 
So uh, a good shop owner needs a sales team or say he's going to be on his own. He needs to be able to sell the cigar. Somebody's coming in. They want to see what's new. If you're just going to open a store and you're just going to put the same cigars that are down the street in your store too or the cigars that are everywhere, you know, Every store carries, oh, you need this brand, you need that brand, you know, because these sell everywhere. That's what you're going to open. Why is anybody going to go to you? Yeah, that's a lazy decision because you're going to count on other people to sell the cigars. You need to get cigars that you believe in that you want to sell hand-to-hand. Yeah, but the the point is why, unless it's closer to your house. Yeah, all you're doing is adding another option for the customer because you're probably going to be in the same price point mm-hmm. if it's the same cigar. You're going to have the same sizes. There's no, nothing is, to Is the plan to take 50% of the business away from the guy down the street, and now you're getting half mm-hmm. and he's getting half? Most likely, you're both going to go out of business if that happens, too. So why are you going to be differentiated your store from everybody else's store? Yeah, your goal should be to be a center of influence store Absolutely. so that the other stores carry what you carry after you already had a yes. three-month head start. Which requires a little work. That requires you to inform the person that comes in about this new cigar, and they try it, and they like it, and you, you build them from a single cigar into next time they come in, they buy a few of them. Next time they come in, they buy a box of them, and then you have a winner. You have a contender for the cigar of the year, and that's how we do the contenders for the cigar of the year based on that information. What, uh, you're, what you're saying, though, from my experience being around the country, two guys is an anomaly. There aren't many stores like that that will actually sell to a customer. They want, they'll just sit at the register, reading their newspaper, phone, computer, leave the guy unattended in the humidor, and then whatever he comes out with, they ring. They're a cashier. Well, then they're going to come out with Coca-Cola. They're going to come yeah. out with Wonder Bread. They're going to come out with a yeah. name they know. Yeah. And that's the biggest issue I see with the cigar industry. There's too many hobbyists and not enough business people. If you do it the other way and you put product in there, and you build a brand within your store, you will build a loyal customer because he's got nowhere else to go but you, and then he's he's on that brand. And then when that brand gets – it seems the opposite. If a brand gets too popular – that it becomes too mainstream, I've lost interest in it. And I think the cigar geeks around the world have lost interest. Yeah, and we've seen the the, the cigar consumer change over the last 20 years or so. It's no longer about Macanudo, Romeo, and Juliet. Yeah. You know, great iconic brands. Sure. But now the consumer is more educated, and a lot of that has to do with social media or great cigar shops. Yeah. And at the same time, you don't want, hey, that's a cool brand that's going to be one and done. Uh, it's over after a very short time. So how do you pick the winners? How do you, you know, we're going to the trade show. You were the buyer for a long yeah. period of time. Barry, you had your own store. Yeah. Uh, and, and Ed, as a consumer, you're walking in. What's going to sell you besides the salesman uh, saying, here, try this? And they may say to you, hey, try this. But you look at it and you go, nah. Right. I mean, as an educated consumer, if you go into a shop you haven't been into before, you like to check everything out and get a sense of, okay, did they just go with every default selection? Mm. Or, hey, here's something I'm more likely to pick up something I just haven't seen before, right? Just in order. Assuming that the band doesn't look stupid because packaging is a lot. A yeah. lot of the, the problem. To, to the consumer and to the retailer that they say, wow, that's cool. Yeah. They smoke the cigar. Yeah, it's all right. And and then do they say, 
All right, give me Robusto Toro and Gordo. Well, that's a mistake, too. As much as I bash on, okay, Lanceros and all this shit, there's a consumer for a Lancero. There's a consumer for a Corona. There's a consumer for you don't want to. I don't know that you start with the Lancero. No, no, no. 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 I know your audience. But, but it, within it, your store Within profile, your store, you should have a couple. Yeah. Right. And when you go into a store, part of it is how many facings do they have, right? How much variety can they really afford to bring in here? Yeah. Now, it's a shame that's going on with the manufacturers. And I had one manufacturer, I'll leave nameless, came to visit me yesterday. And we carry a little bit of their stuff. Uh, and I explained to him why we don't carry so much more. And I'll get a little into the five-star program I created years ago of what it is important to, to go in the shop. And he said, if you have 56 rows, we're going to give you cash back at the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. Well, I have eight facings it is. He's taken me from eight to 56 <laughs> is where he's going to go. And I go, let me stop you there. That's not going to happen probably ever. I'm certainly not going from eight to 56. So let's just get off that. Now, let me tell you why your cigars are not good for my business. Um, price protection the biggest is the one. number one. It's the biggest one. Can I compete with everybody else with the price on this product? Or is it possible that the manufacturer sells direct to the end user at, at the same or lower price than I'm selling to, that's selling to me at? Therefore, my customer can buy it at the same price I'm selling it for, and I look like I'm robbing the guy. And I'm not <laughs> robbing the guy. Same price you're I'm, buying it for. I'm <laughs> buying it for. So I look like I'm robbing the guy, and I'm not. I'm just making mm-hmm. my uh, profit margin that I need to survive and keep the lights on, but I look like I'm robbing him. If I look like I'm robbing him on that particular brand, you I You may look, as well be robbing him on everything. That's what he's going to look at. He knows that brand, and he goes, oh, my God, this guy's charging $8 for a $4 cigar? Oh, my God. Um, everything in this whole store is too expensive. And the, the real kick in the nuts here is that the manufacturer has suggested retail price in but the not, catalog. Yes, they say, to them. this is what we want you to sell it for. Of course. So that we can get your customer. Yeah. Not so we can get, so so you can have a good success rate with you. So we can eventually, the guy likes the cigar, thinks it's good. Next thing you know, he's Googling it. And next thing you know, he's gone and he buys directly from them. Right. Where, where they win. say, re- suggested retail price, $249. For today, though, $49 right. a box. <laughs> right. And now, if you're looking, if you're looking at a deal that is saving you two hundred dollars on a box of cigars, there's something wrong with them, right? And that's the go-to with with the online—just some crazy retail price. So margin is important. That the store needs to make a profit, or else it goes out of business. So you say, "Oh, I'm going to end up buying from the store only when it's an unbelievable great deal at uh, March Madness or something." The only time you're going to end up buying from us. If that's the only time you buy from us, next time you come, we might not be here mm-hmm. because obviously we didn't make any money. Right. It would be like that hardware store you used yes. to like to go to, yeah. where they actually knew things, right? And Radio the, Shack. <laughs> love, but, I used to love that place. But the thing was twenty dollars more than it is at Home Depot. So you went to Home Depot and saved twenty dollars, and then when you went to go to the hardware store again, it's not there. It's not anymore. there. So you got to give a little, right? Uh, 
you want a manufacturer that will work with you doing promotions, mm-hmm. events, things like that, if, if you are the type of store that um, feeds off of that information that doesn't sell direct. And now we're seeing the talk of the FDA and stuff again that came up. I honestly look at grandfathered brands that how much effort do I want to put into a cigar that's brand new, that does not have any grandfather clause to it, that eventually, and and maybe in a short period of time, who knows, but it goes away. It's the exact same amount of work to sell a cigar that exists on the shelf right now that we know is predicate dated or a new cigar that we're going to take a chance on. It's the same amount of work. If you're going to do the work, you may as well have it be on something that's going to have a legacy in your store. Little insurance that we mm-hmm. can continue to go with this. Um, so that's a big part of it. Also, we we don't buy cigars that we particularly like. Not that we don't like them, but I'm not buying a whole store full of cigars that, wow, I like that cigar. Every once in a while I did it. The first time I bought Atabay, I said, I don't care if anybody fucking buys this cigar mm-hmm. or not. I fucking love it, and I'll smoke them all if I have to. I'm I'm in I'm into this brand, and as it turns out, it ended up, ended up selling. But there's only a handful of times I ever fell in love with yeah, the cigar myself. You're, you're still able to judge this is a great cigar, oh. even if you don't like it. Yeah, right. Which is really important to Combustion, be able to Combustion. You know what? What does the burn line look like? This is a, a good cigar is a good cigar, right. whether it hits your flavor or not. Right. And and then understanding. Ed Sullivan would like this. Yeah. You know, how many times that came up? You know, it's like it's he's like an easy mark. Your your avatar, right? Yes. Who's my customer right. who would enjoy this cigar? Yeah. And a lot of that is just knowing your customers as well. So Barry, before which, we just, the show started, yeah, you, which is important. This is a great segue yes. for it. I used to spend a lot of time in Thomas River, New Jersey, right off of eighty two on the Garden State Parkway. There was a cigar shop that a worker worked in. He decided, I'm going to open up my own cigar shop three-quarters of a mile down the road on the same Route 37 called Perfect Burn. Opens up his shop, and he decides to stock it with cigars he likes, which are strong, full-bodied Maduro cigars. <laughs> That's all he carried. He did not have one Connecticut. He did not have one Habano huh. on the shelf. And out of business in a year because what was a perfect burn to him was a complete failure to the well, yeah, consumer. Yeah, was a canoe for the consumer. There you go. The problem is there's so few of us to begin with that smoke premium cigars. And now you're going to say, all right, we're going to take it down mm-hmm. to full-bodied. Okay, mm-hmm. that's getting rid of 80% of the mm-hmm. people. You're leaving 20% now. Maduro, mm-hmm. okay, now bring that 20% down to 5%. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got 5% of, of the people in that particular area, and there's a store down the street, by the way, that carries <laughs> full-bodied Maduros also. Yes. So what do you – you got no chance, You've right? got to have strength. Isn't it so obvious? <laughs> and if I said that to him before he opened – he would say, oh, my God, the light would have went out. But while he did it. And we all knew him from Tom's River Country Club. And, and we told him, you know, we had the cigar shop in Brooklyn at the time. We told him, you're destined for failure. The majority of people prefer milder cigars. If you want to carry some full-bodied stuff that that other store doesn't have, by all means. But you can't be 100% to zero. 20% of your, of your, of your store should have been that full-bodied Maduro at most. The strength yeah. and character of your store really is in diversity. It's time for the strength and character segment. Brought to you by Camacho Cigars. Camacho Cigars. 
the icon of uncompromised values. It's Mr. Jonathan being proud of himself right there. <laughs> Six pillars of character, citizenship, caring, fairness, responsibility, respect, and trustworthiness. And we're still on trustworthiness. We're on the last one of trustworthiness. And then there's one more and left. We gotta- I will say that I get half the credit for that because I could have left them hanging. You could have. No, but that's the whole idea. (laughs) So trustworthiness. Keep your promises. Keep your promises. To a fault. To a fault. Yeah, but I'm also careful about the promises I make. Yes. You have to be sure that it's something in your control. I say many times, count on me. When when you pick me up at the airport, count on me. Very, very strongly that I will be there no matter what. If I break a leg, I'm still going. It's going to. Or you'll get somebody. There, somehow whatever. it's going to happen. Uh, take this out of your mind. I promise. That's so, going to end up So happening. Jason Land can feel good about this. Yes. Good. And that's why I can't run for office, for political <laughs> office. Um, He's too many people to pick up at the airport. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he runs a shuttle service. Yeah, I'll have to run a I'm shuttle. I'm done with that, by the way. I'm not picking people up at the airport anymore. No, they got services that do yeah, that. Yeah, and everybody flies in late at night. Yeah. I like I, to be in bed by 7.30. I told a couple of people coming in for our anniversary party that are flying into MHT, the Manchester airport. Quarter of a mile from my house. Yeah. So if you come, if you land not during working hours, I'll, I'll pick you up. I'm picking Jason Land up on the, the day before. And uh, is that at Manchester or no, Logan? Logan Airport at night. Oh, that's at night. Yeah, I, do the I agree to it and uh, count on me. I'll be there. I'm not happy about my decision, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to stick to Cause, it because you're right. Count on me. Yeah. I promise I'm going to be there. Uh, so I'll, is it bad that I won't drop off or pick up my wife at the airport? Probably. I don't promise. I just say no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Get a service. Yeah. Yeah, let somebody else do it. Absolutely. It's a hassle, man. And there's somebody oh, that bad. just took an Uber from Boston to Manchester, and it was $163. Worth it. Yeah. My time is so valuable. One way. One way. I'd be willing to pay half so I don't have to pick them up no, at the airport. But would you go pick them up for $163? No. Yeah. 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 You go both ways. Well, I'll I'll go one way. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Maybe Jonathan will go both ways. Uh, (laughs) Hey, on this segment, we only have respect coming up next. There's six more. So we got to start thinking. Then we got to start. So I'm saying it now so that we're not caught off guard. Uh, Like a lot of cigar shops owners are, when they go to a trade show and they see a pretty box and they don't consider. Is this good for my shop? Is this good for my mm-hmm. business? Ooh, the cigar is good. Is it good for your business? That's because the you only can just question. buy a box for yourself and smoke them at your leisure. Take the band off if you're on the sales floor. Yeah. Or but is the cigar? Or good they for- go and think, okay, well, if I buy a shit ton of those, I get a deal. Yes. Well, if it's not something they can sell, it's not a deal. And any manufacturer telling you you got to carry sixty different facings <laughs> of their cigar. <laughs> No. How about yeah. no? Yeah. Absolutely not. Oh, then you can't then you can't have this carrot over here. Okay. You know, I understand do business with them. You must do you're not getting Opus X unless you're carrying a Toro Fuente. Of course. You're not getting Padrone Anniversario unless you get carrying regular Padrones. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it makes sense. Aside from cigars, any business, you've got to be careful with how many suppliers you have, 
right? So if you're putting all the eggs in the basket and then that factory runs into a problem, you got big trouble. Or as Jonathan started off with, these companies sell out. There's sometimes not a lot of announcement that happens. No. Well, Uh, and and with the sellout, so the, the, the sellout is bad. Because now the blend is absolutely going to change because that factory is going to be closed and they're moving it to the other factory. The worst part of the sellout is the company that bought them, they may now be over 10% of your floor space, which means that they can control you as a store. Oh, yeah. So that can never happen. So at Two Guys, nobody has 10% of our overall sales. And, well, how do you stop that? All of a sudden, Brand X gets really popular. Well, you make it unpopular. You you uh, end up carrying less of it. That doesn't make any sense. You've got people buying it. Why would you end up hurting your business? There's a little bit of hurt to save the overall company. I've been there when, uh, well, make, making the mistake of letting somebody have a big piece of the pie, and then that company who has a bigger piece of the pie all of a sudden buys this company and this mm-hmm. company. And it happened. And the next thing you know, oh, my God, they got 40% of my entire <laughs> store. Again, you ain't batting 600. These guys are in control of my store at that point. Mm-hmm. Back in the day when I had cigarettes, it was Philip Morris that wanted mm-hmm. uh, 51% control of my cigarette store, my two-guy smoke mm-hmm. shop, which they considered, okay, you're a cigarette store. It was The mm-hmm. bulk of it was cigars. Uh, you have to carry 51% of the real estate in the store well cigarettes didn't even have 50 percent of the real estate they wanted 50 percent just for their brand i said okay game over yeah they put a contract in front of you and they try to dictate the terms and yeah yeah. and they they um took care of everybody around me which is what a manufacturer will do also when you don't Everybody, manufacturers, we all love each other. They're all good yeah. people and all this stuff. Let me tell you, there's some horror stories that end up happening there. So what they end up doing Yeah, they is, love you as long as you're doing exactly what they tell yeah. you to do. So I am the customer. I will dictate what I'm going to do. As you're the customer, you'll decide if you're buying cigars from me or not. And I say no. And then they say okay. And they run promotions and deals around me mm-hmm. and try to end up taking the customer away from me and hurting me in the long run. And again, there's a, there's a million stories of what happened there, but um, they all seem to end the same way um, being discontinued forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what happens. So be careful of the cigars you put in your cigar shop. And if you wonder why you go into a really good cigar shop and certain brands aren't in that really good cigar shop, the really good cigar shop chose for that brand not to be there because it's not good for business. Correct. That's it. So that is it for Clubhouse. Next week on the Cigar Authority, we have Mickey Pegg coming on. Uh, we're going to ask him a whole bunch of questions he's not going to ask the answers to. Maybe we do a trivia contest with him or, or yeah. something. Or come up with something. Uh, he, he has the Cigar of the Year. It's the All Saints St. Francis. And he's got... Uh, he also new- holds the record. The longest anyone has ever gone from the announcement to the appearance on the show. Yes. This is by far a record. Here we go. Okay, catch us Saturday on the Cigar Authority. Stick the lid end in your mouth. This is the after show, by the way, not Clubhouse. You might like it. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.